0: You, how long have you been living in Egypt now?
1: So we uh, we got here in May, so what, four or five months? Something like that.
0: Wow. Well, I, but you never lived there before?
1: No, I've never lived in Egypt. Um, I think that uh, I never planned to live in Egypt either. So I think that, you know, the war in Sudan necessitated some things. And yeah, look, there's a lot to get into, so I'm excited to jump into it all.
0: So Aziz, are you ready?
1: I am ready. Yeah, let's do this.
0: Hi, and welcome to Emerging Markets today. My name is Ana Paula Picasso, and this episode will be about business resilience in emerging markets. I'm here with Aziz Musa. He is the founder of Kush Digital, a leading digital marketing agency in North Africa. We will talk about his move from the UK to Sudan, where he first started Kush Digital, how he navigated business opportunities and challenges in times of political unrest, and his eventual move to Egypt. Also, we will talk about what it means for Egypt to be part of the extended BRICS bloc. Hi, Aziz. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, Anna. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Welcome. Welcome. So you have a very interesting story, and that's one of the reasons I invite you to the podcast, because... I had people talking about Africa, but it's always the sub-Saharan Africa countries like Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya. You, the first one, is going to talk about North Africa.
1: Well, it's good. I feel honoured.
0: <laughs> the first one. And your move to Sudan is a country that not many people that I know of would choose to move there and even start a business there like you did. And your thoughts as well about... Egypt. So yeah, so I'm definitely going to talk more about Egypt a little bit later on in the episode. You may or may not know, people listening now, uh, Egypt was one of the six countries announced on the BRICS summit that happened a couple months ago in South Africa, uh, along with Ethiopia, another African country. And yeah, maybe we'll do like a Beyond BRICS series.
1: Yeah, I think that would be interesting. There's like I think what's happening in it, firstly what's happening with BRICS as an entity is just fascinating, and then you know how they're integrating African countries. I don't think uh, Egypt and Ethiopia will be the last.
0: Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. So, but I want I really want to talk about your journey, your history of moving to Sudan, and wh- how did the idea come about? How did you start Kush Digital, and why Sudan?
1: Yeah, it was very polite of you to not say why would you move to suit that because that's what most people say. <laughs> why would you choose to move to a place like that? Um, so look, I, you know, I spent all of my life in the UK, with the, uh, the side of a couple of years in in the Middle East, in Dubai, uh, in in the States. But um, I was the CEO of a publicly listed company in the UK, um, and uh, I, I had a you know a background of growth and the honest reason as to why i moved uh to sudan was just because i became disillusioned with the the lifestyle honestly in in the uk i felt like uh, i was working relentlessly um you know being a public company i was beholden to shareholders all the time the pressure was extraordinary um and honestly i felt like I wasn't contributing anything to society, although the business that I worked for was great um, and uh, it was a wonderful business, still is a wonderful business. Uh, I just felt like I wasn't contributing anything. And, you know, my family are originally from Sudan. My dad um, was a, a doctor uh, in Sudan, at, uh, sorry, in the UK. and um, And, you know, we went to Sudan every year on holiday and I had a personal affinity to Sudan. So my idea wasn't really to go to Sudan and start uh, a digital marketing agency. My idea was to go and and to see what I could do to to help. You know, Sudan is, was, is a third world uh, country. Opportunities are limited, uh, particularly for youth and for women. So I wanted to go there and to start a social enterprise and to uh, share the knowledge that I would gained in the sort of three, 30 years uh, prior in the UK and around the world. Uh, so that's what got me to Sudan. I landed there and, and we set up uh, what was at that time called Sudan digital, rebranded to Kush digital. And, uh, we became very quickly the uh, largest uh, digital marketing agency there and the largest in, in East Africa too. Uh, and we have built our business in a way that it is essentially a social enterprise. We hire exclusively youth graduates. Um, we have a disproportionate number of women who, who work in the company, uh, 80% of the workforce is women. and uh, up until the 15th of April when war broke out, you know we were, we were doing wonderful things actually really supporting families and, and training training people. and the opportunity was just much, much bigger than I expected. And I think um, that's one of the interesting elements of sort of emerging emerging markets. And markets like sudan it is that there is just so much opportunity available
0: yeah definitely and it actually makes me think that why did you choose a market a digital marketing agency i think probably people don't know listening my day job is in marketing i used to have a digital marketing agency but um what would be the skills that you were looking for in a place like Sudan, you mentioned it. You mentioned this big gender gap there is of opportunities for women, for especially young people. So what would be the type of skills you're looking for? Because I guessing recruiting in the UK is very different from recruiting in this in Sudan.
1: Yeah, fundamentally different. Like a totally different process that I had to learn on the fly. So so why digital marketing agency first? You know, I had an old boss at LastMinute.com, um, Brent Holman, who always used to say, uh, "Your job as a leader is to keep gardeners in the garden and keep doctors in the hospital." And so you should know what a person's skill set is and stick to it. And I know what my skill sets are, and I stick to them. So uh, if you want to build a building, you better get an engineer, because I won't be able to do anything for you. But if you need digital marketing, that's that's what I do, and that's what I've done in my entire career. And when it comes to recruiting, you're totally right. You know, it was basically a nascent market, Sudan. So there's no pool of talent for you to go into and recruit from. And even in industries where there is a pool of talent, the standards just are not the same standards that you would expect in, uh, in the UK or in the US or even in, in Dubai and Brazil. So we very quickly had to change our approach to recruitment from the traditional, you know, post a job spec interview, etc., to, um, to recruiting purely on values. Uh, we assumed everybody had no knowledge of any of the skill sets required, be that email marketing, SEO, or paid ads, or whatever. We assumed they had no no knowledge at all. And we just set out what our values were, which were you know, relentlessness, the, the willingness to work uh, incredibly hard, ambition, honesty, and uh, integrity. And we hired purely against those values. And then every employee that came into the company and went six months, of intensive training before they even touched a client, which was great because over the you know the years that we were there, we managed to train sort of four thousand uh, people, four thousand youth in, in digital marketing. But it was awful in terms of growing a business um, because obviously, if you want to take on new clients, you've got a six-month lead time for the employees to get up to speed. So that's, again, that you know, that wasn't really my priority. A- achieving profitability wasn't my priority. It was about doing the right thing for, for the people of Sudan. And ultimately, we essentially created the digital market in Sudan. It, it just didn't exist before Sudan Digital. And um, as a result of that, we did become incredibly profitable. But that was like a byproduct of just doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned you created a market. So what were the type of clients you had at the time?
1: Yeah, so we had everything from startups all the way through to multinationals. So uh, our car brand was Hyundai. Uh, So we had Hyundai as a client. Uh, We worked with Emirates Airlines. Uh, And then we worked with small startups like uh, Telenog that do um, IoT solutions and uh, farming security. Uh, We worked with uh, large family organizations like Dal Group, who own the Coca-Cola brand and uh, and like. To be honest, the first 3 years of the company, 100% of our client base was um outside of Sudan. So all of our clients were based in Europe or in the Middle East. Um and uh, it took that long for us to create an understanding in the market of the benefit of digital marketing and then clients started to come to us. Um so you know, there was a lot of slog in between, there was a lot of just hard work in between, uh, but it was it was really satisfying, really enjoyable. Even, you know, I mentioned that we, we trained 4,000 people. Even the, the people that didn't work for us, hundreds of startups were created. And what that really means in a market like Sudan is that hundreds of families were fed. That's the difference, right? So you can work incredibly hard in the UK and pay someone their salary, and in the end, you know, even if they don't get their salary, the, the, the government, the system will, will keep them up, you know, or they'll find a new job in a market like Sudan when you pay someone salary that goes to feeding their families and that's like a fundamental difference in um the appreciation you get for the work that you're doing
0: oh definitely definitely I, I I had the opportunity to live in the UK for a long time as well and being from Brazil is pretty straightforward if you don't have a job you can feed your family there is no welfare state behind you so it's very it's You know, the private sector is very important. To grow the private sector is very important. And talking about all these opportunities you mentioned, what were the other challenges you came across when you were starting your business there? Something that might have
1: surprised you? Everything surprised me everything <laughs> like it was like nothing I had ever done before and I consider myself or at least at that point I had considered myself to be quite a worldly person um having worked in lots of countries but nothing prepared me for working in Sudan um and everything that you can imagine frankly like from electricity cutting to the internet cutting to uh flooding like everything that you can imagine that would be a problem was was a problem um, frankly security was an issue, everything. So I think that one of the things that I that I learned and I've helped other people who opened in um, Sudan and, and other emerging markets is, is to ignore the concepts of what you think are static, right? So we've got this idea of, like, there are statics. We call them infrastructure, but we really mean statics because it's not always about infrastructure. Sometimes it's about people and culture too, right? So ignore everything you know about statics, land in a country and learn about the statics. So... Um, Let's start with the basics, infrastructure. Well, for a digital marketing agency, that shouldn't really make a difference, except that it does, because if the roads aren't um, secure, then you can't guarantee when people get into the office. They try their best, but they could be on the road for two or three hours. Uh, so you have to have some flexibility there. If the electricity cuts, okay, what do you do with all of the, um, the, 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 the computers that are on laptops? If the internet cuts, how are you uploading all of your content to clients and engaging with clients? So all of these things are, things to be managed and things to be controlled if you if you view them that way and we did spend a long time managing and 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 controlling and mitigating all of these risks so for example the electricity issue uh we spent some thirty thousand dollars setting up solar energy so our office was a hundred percent solar um powered uh and that solved electricity issues uh the internet outages well we took four separate providers plus one international provider of internet so we never cut in terms of internet and then you had the other issues like political risks which ultimately became um you know the war that exists in sudan and so we had you know we had mitigated there were lots of warning signs so we spent a long time mitigating for that too
0: yeah yeah and actually that brings me to my next question so when um the political unrest broke out uh, broke out in April this year. So how did you navigate what was your plan after that, and your eventual move to Egypt?
1: So again, it wasn't something that we weren't prepared for. We knew that this was a risk. We just didn't expect it to be as extreme as it was. And but for any of your listeners who aren't aware on the on the fourteenth uh, of April, essentially a war broke out in Khartoum in, in the capital of Sudan, uh, which against two armies, basically the national army and, and a militia army. And, uh, they were fighting on the streets in front of our office. So, um, we had prepared, we had actually planned in our uh, annual planning session in December, we had planned that, okay, in May, we're going to go to Aswan in Egypt and we're going to start a setup of the company. And it just so happened that that happened in April as opposed to May, um, throughout, uh, for for reasons out of our control. Um, You know, I think that there's a lot of things you are reliant totally on your retainer income. So not losing clients was the key, and we had managed a process whereby we were in advance for a lot of our content that was right. The second thing is managing your emotions. Um, I'm not sure, Anna, if you've ever experienced war, but I had not uh, up until that point.
0: Fortunately, no. But um, I can only sympathize.
1: I hope you never do. I really do. It's not something I would wish on anybody. Um, uh, essentially, what happened was that we were woken up at nine in the morning with anti-aircraft fire and uh, missiles landing 150 meters away from where we lived. The whole house shaking, children in the house and things like that. So for the, for the first couple of days, the question was, how long is this going to last? And then for the next couple of days, is how do we get out safely? Uh, eventually we did you know we 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 managed to get out um and it was a a very difficult journey it was incredibly five days on the road basically through the desert but eventually you know we made it out and we uh, already had some people who were in egypt as part of our contingency planning. so business continued so there was some business continuity there we got out we managed to evacuate much of our team as well uh egypt was the obvious choice in december when we had done our contingency planning, um, the actual conversation revolved around political unrest rather than um, security issues. And uh, we were thinking, okay, what if the internet, what if there's a true blackout of the internet? Because we can survive without electricity, right? As a digital marketing agency, you don't have the internet, you can't survive. So our initial thought was, okay, we'll, we'll set up in Dubai. And everything had set up, we were in, well in the process to setting up in Dubai and then one of our team said, "Well, hold on, what if the airport closes?" And well, that is exactly what happened. In the first hour of the war, the runway to the main airport was bombed, and there were no planes. Um, so uh, we needed a, a, a country that was uh, land. There was a land uh, path between the two, and Egypt was the obvious one. And it ended up being a, you know, a great thing for for me personally, for my family, and then you know, for the for the business as well. It's been it's been a wonderful move.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm happy that you and your colleagues, your team, got out unscathed from there. I can only sympathize. I can't even begin to imagine how it would be like to be in that situation. And on a more positive note, how has it been to move to Egypt? I know it's been only a few months, but um, how has been your experience working there? and were you surprised when egypt was announced to be one of the countries from the ble- from the extended brics block
1: um i wasn't too surprised no i was way significantly more surprised uh, that ethiopia was announced but not not so much egypt
0: why is that I'm going to
1: um i think because of that ge- geopolitical um strength isn't as prominent as Egypt. I mean, there are lots of geopolitical reasons why Egypt would be part of BRICS. Um, so there's there's a piece of the jigsaw we're all missing with Ethiopia, but I'm sure we'll all figure it out at some point. However, I found Egypt. I found it to be fabulous. I've really found it to be, uh, from a business perspective, very friendly, uh, welcoming, um, easy to set up, easy to operate, um, very low regulation um, barriers, uh, reasonable tax rate. All of these things—the the, the the things that you would want from a, an emerging market in terms of attracting foreign direct investment—you want you want to feel like there is an easy path to success, and and certainly in Egypt, that has been created. Comparative to um, to Sudan as well as European countries, there are significant advantages. Um, obviously, uh, your fixed costs are significantly lower. So, uh, our, our office that, that we're in right now you know, cost us $30,000, which is a, a, you know, 200 square square meter apartment. Uh, And that's, you know, try and get a 200 square meter apartment in any city in Europe. And you're talking multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's the first thing. The infrastructure is fantastic. The internet speeds are incredibly good. Um, They have, obviously, dams uh, along the River Nile, and so electricity is stable, relatively stable. There are some outages, but nothing like we experienced in Sudan. Uh, And Sudan is an incredibly young country. So from our perspective, there's a a huge talent pool for us to access, which, again, has been really good. I think one of the downsides in Egypt is that the English language isn't a priority in the school system and so it's relatively difficult to find um to find graduates who are fluent in english who can uh work within our within our company with our international clients compare that to sudan where all all schooling is essentially in english so um i think that's been a, a downside and then the other downside is the heat it is oppressively hot all the time um but yeah, like overall, very happy with our move to Egypt. Uh, still still looking to open up in Dubai in the next six months, but very, very happy with our move well,
0: to Egypt. Actually, that would be my next question. So what are your plans for the future of yourself, of your team, Kush Digital? What do you see your business growing? Which countries or regions are you looking at?
1: Well, we're starting to, whilst we've never really been um, focused on a specific niche or a specific market vertical, like we've been quite agnostic from everything from pharmaceuticals to the to uh, consumer products and everything in between. We have found our sweet spot in the GCC countries in terms of our client base. So I would say eighty percent of our client base right now is in uh, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Qatar, Oman, um, and uh, Bahrain, uh, and so the GCC region is probably uh the obvious place for us to continue our expansion and there's lots of reasons for that but predominantly because they are very early in the adoption of digital marketing uh di- the tactics and techniques they are dual language english and arabic which is something that not many agencies can offer and they're cash rich right so
0: <laughs> most importantly exactly <laughs>
1: So, you know, we continue to get new clients every month and, uh, and for the most part in those regions, particularly Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, I think, you know, I was, I was writing on LinkedIn recently that, uh, the day after I graduated from my, uh, bachelor's degree, I flew to Dubai and I flew to Dubai very deliberately because I knew that that was the up and coming place. By the way, I'm going to age myself here. That was in 2000 and that was in 2003. Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> before dubai became dubai and um you know it was mostly desert but i learned so much in those two years just because the the government and the entire country was willing itself forward investing like incredible amounts on technology and infrastructure and education and everything else and um i, I you know i don't believe i would have been able to have the career that I have been fortunate enough to have had I not spent those initial two years in Dubai. And if I was graduating today, I would fly to Saudi Arabia and I would do the same thing because Saudi Arabia is... Why is that? The level of investment, the level of um, vision that they have in terms of their mega projects, but also in terms of the development of um, SMEs uh, in particular and building the infrastructure that allows SMEs to grow is just unprecedented, way way more than I saw in Dubai. Partly that's because of the the sheer size of the nation, right? So it's just a huge country yeah. uh, compared to Dubai, which is just an emirate, a city essentially. Um, so I think that the opportunities that exist now in Saudi Arabia are impressive, but what will exist over the next ten years is is going to be mind boggling. So,
0: so that's that's great. And at the moment, Aziz, are you looking for funding? If anyone wants to reach out to you to Kush Digital, are you looking for clients? Please do if you have a plug, do it. Oh,
1: pitch now! <laughs> oh, I'm not going to pitch. Look, we we look we we love clients, and if everyone wants to work with us, uh, our website is kush.digital. Uh We do all things digital marketing. Yeah, um, I'll put all the links in the show notes. If anyone wants to know more about you, the
0: work you guys do at Kush Digital, and uh, yeah, so. Thank you very much, Aziz. I think, you know, you were, like I said in the beginning, you were the first one here to talk about North Africa, the opportunities there, and also business resilience because working in an emerging country is not easy. You have to navigate a lot of different problems from infrastructure to talent gap. And thank you very much. I think it was a really nice, insightful conversation into their world.
1: My, my pleasure. Thank you, Anna.
0: Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to this episode right now. And also follow us on X at TodayEmerging. And don't forget to check out Today. <laughs> Bye.